Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have a very special guest. Francesca Rizzo is with me. I'm actually with her, kind of. I'm in her house. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So I'm glad to be here. I'm here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have you here with me. Well, thanks for letting me into your house and the space we're in right now. So Francesca has, I mean, it's beautiful. It's just this like big, open, mostly white space with these blues and golds. It's it's actually remarkable. So thank you for letting it's me in it. It's an attic loft, yes. just so they know. It's very long. And just so you know, so, and if I get any anything wrong, add to it. So Fran is an incredible actress i would say comedian i don't know if you call your right yeah um feminist i was looking at your your facebook but anything else you want to add to uh -huh. what you do you're you do a lot i'm a rape activist that's that i haven't been as active lately but i um i became one uh, over the years and worked with the women that were raped by bill cosby wow and was been following that whole thing you know that was our goal and to get him in jail and we almost we didn't think it was going to happen and then it did and it was amazing you know and it's kind of fascinating that he considers himself a uh, political prisoner yeah. does he really yeah he like martin luther king he says wow yeah <laughs> and mandela like he he thinks he's really all in there for political reasons wow but well Congrats to you. I don't know. Yeah, congrats is a good word for it for, you know, believing obviously these women and helping them because it's really hard when you're a victim of sexual abuse or any abuse. It's really hard to speak up. So many people really did not believe women and men who were speaking out. Now, recently with the Me Too movement, thank God things are slowly shifting. But I think it's remarkable that even before people were really listening you were listening and speaking up for probably yourself and others, and that's really, really remarkable. I think what it was is I found out kind of when most of the America found out, you know, when um, Hannibal Burris's uh, set, you know, became public and went viral. And I and, and as soon I, I was like, Bill Cosby? Because I was a huge fan. I could actually probably do a recitation of all his albums along with them. As I haven't heard them in years, but I played them that much as a kid, you know, and loved them. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And then I saw it was 13 women that had come forward at that point. And I went, okay. And I mean, that's all I needed to know, really. Because the fact that there were 13 women who didn't know each other and were from all over the country and were in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, you know, when people are going, oh, they just want attention. It was like, Really? Do you really think so? As 60, 70 years old, that they're dying to get in the public eye as a being raped, you know? So I just thought that the odds of it, it was just basic logic, you know, that the odds of that happening were, were really, really slim. And then I started to research it myself and found all sorts of stuff on the internet about him. Um, and it then, you know, one by one, all these other women started coming forward as well. And uh, I created a, a, a Facebook um, group, a private group called Believe Women. And it was based on something that, of all people, Jay Leno said during this time, you know, where they interviewed him since he was in the comic, comic world and all that. And they said, uh, you know, what's your take on all this? And he said, I, I just don't understand why people don't believe women. And it was so simple, and it's like true. It's like you don't believe. And by that point, there were like forty women, you know, and people were still. I don't know. I think they're all lying, you know. <laughs> it was like, please. Well, the patriarchy is real, and it's shifting, and it's changing as we all speak up. And I always say, it's not women versus men. It's about allowing truth and sensitivity to come out. And you've been an artist for years and years and years. So sensitivity mm -hmm. and trying to get your truth out, whether it's in film or other, I'm sure you have tons of different ways that you channel your that energy. But I think those of us who have felt like outcast are finally saying like, no, I can have a voice, I can speak up. 
Um, so as the patriarchy crumbles slash melts, it's going to benefit everyone, even the people who felt powerful, steeped in that awful imbalance do you know what i mean like you're not really happy if you're overpowering people whether you're actually raping people or just trying to keep them silent that's not a way to live so yeah kudos to you for being like always that person yeah i mean i've I've always been i can't i i'm not a whistleblower because it wasn't happening to me but um you know i don't know my mother was always very, very authentic person. She, she found it very difficult to lie, you know. Uh, so she she was pretty out there, pretty frank about things. And uh, I think I picked it up from her because even though, and she was a tough cookie. She was really a tough broad. <laughs> and um, But when she died, she died young at 70. And everybody that knew her was devastated. And I was so surprised because, I mean, they were, you know, oh my God, I'm going to miss her so much and all this stuff. And I thought, geez, you know, I remember she had pancreatic cancer. So she decided she wanted to die at home. She knew that she wasn't going to get out of this alive. And so um, I would, you know, hang with her all the time. And one night we were sitting at her kitchen table and people had been coming to visit from years and years. And she turned to me and she said, you know, if I knew everybody loved me so much, I would have been a hell of a lot nicer to them. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, I realized that after she died, that it was that total honesty. Like, they knew she was never bullshitting anybody. Yeah. You know, and so she, um, you know, and she was funny as hell. So, combination, you know, she should have been a, she should have been a comic. Because she, she had everything going for her. She was a natural storyteller. You know, she could tell. My mom would come. My mom would get in a car accident in the daytime and then come home and she wouldn't come in and go, "Hey, I got in a car accident today." She'd go, "Well, I got up this morning," <laughs> and, and that's how it would start. And she would, and it would always be fascinating. They weren't these long, rambling stories. They all built to the big, you know, punchline, and then there was the denouement, you know, afterwards. And she just did it all naturally. Is that where you think you get that from? That natural storyteller like did you kind of get that from her yeah I think so I mean I for uh, about 25 years I I was one of the you know um, active most active voiceover people in New York and I was constantly being asked because I did accents and characters and all this kind of stuff and I was constantly being asked where I studied and I'd say my my mother (laughs) you know because my mother when she told the story she would be all the characters. She would do all the accents. She would imitate all the people, you know, and, and that I never took a voiceover class. And, you know, and I was pretty, you know, uh, active in that. So, um, yeah, I, I took a lot of stuff from her unconsciously and then also consciously. Yeah. You know, like when she passed away, um, you know, she had some qualities I didn't love, you know, that I was afraid I would also have. And, um, as that everybody fears becoming their mother in some way. And so I had a therapist at the time who, who gave me this idea to do this um, healing kind of uh, exercise after she died, in which I wrote down all her qualities, each on a little separate little piece of paper. And then um, the qualities that I didn't want to inherit, I burned. Okay. And then the qualities I did, I, I stored in, in like a sacred place. Oh, that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. So I pulled, you know, her humor and her authenticity and things like that. And some of the not so fun ones, you know, I put away. Yeah. You know, I I went up in smoke. I see a lot of myself or my mother in me. She's still alive. She's Uh actually going to be coming to my comedy show Uh uh, this weekend. She's my biggest laugher. She's, She's just very outgoing, very funny herself. She's actually been through a lot. I started talking about it a bit more recently she's an incest survivor Uh um but and we it was a rough upbringing because as she was uncovering those memories a lot of that anger came out on me so we're still working through that stuff but she's one of the uh most beautiful humans and strongest walking this earth so it's interesting as we heal and as forgiveness comes into the whole thing how 
I allow the parts of her within me to come out more too. Because when we were fighting all the time, I didn't want to see how much we had in common. But it was like ridiculous. Like she was an art teacher. I was an art teacher. (laughs) I was making jewelry. She was making jewelry. Nothing in common with my mother. Nothing. And she'd always smirk, you know. (laughs) She's a remarkable dancer. She doesn't dance much anymore. She she was a swing dance instructor. And um, (laughs) I hope you meet her sometime, actually. She's just a really rad, authentic, honest, very honest person as well. But sometimes growing up, it was like too honest. Like she would drop me off at her friends and they'd be like, how are you? And she'd let them know all about the stomach issues going on in the day. I'm like, oh my God, mom, you know, but then here I am rapping about like my labia, you know? So it's like, um, she, she definitely has also shaped me. And I would love, um, if you want, actually, before we get into the the characters, if you want to share any, I, let me just tell people how I met you. Okay. Cause I only met you two weeks ago mm-hmm. at the Risque Bits Rawway Film Festival. Yes, indeed. And um, we both, we, I, I started, they started with mine and ended with yours. Uh-huh. And um, your, yours was incredible. It was, um, I forget, what was it called? Sullivan's Last Call. Sullivan's Last Call. And yeah, it was just so cool. So It's we, on YouTube. It's on YouTube? Yeah, in, in two parts, because I put it up there when you can only have it be a certain length. You know, oh, okay. so I had to cut it in half, but. There's, there's Sullivan's Esco 1 and 2. Yeah, so check it out. And it was just cool because um, we're both filmmakers, artists, and uh, we both got to go up and do a Q&A. And we were kind of talking about the same thing of what it's been like being a woman in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So anything you want to say about that before I ask you to do some characters, if you're <laughs> cool with that? Well, you know, it's funny. I was saying this the other day to somebody is I have never had a problem... Like audiences really love my stuff. I mean, I've always, and I've, that's what I've always gauged things by. And I used to have a little theater company called Perfectly Frank Writers Cabaret Theater. And we would write things and within a week or two, <clears throat> they'd be up on stage. And I always felt audiences don't lie. If they don't think it's funny, they're just not going to laugh. Um, and, but, you know, people do. <laughs> people have agendas. And the lines at the gate, you know, the people who keep you from moving forward to get your work out to larger and larger audiences do have agendas. And I feel that that has really hurt myself and a lot of uh, women uh, who are creating things, you know, both in film and and, um, theater and all sorts of stuff. It's like, you know, I remember Sullivan when I I was sending it out to festivals. I was encouraged to send it to Sundance and, and they rejected it. And I was shocked. And I actually got a, a, a con, was contacted by Slamdance, which is, takes place at the same time as Sundance in, in Park City, Utah. And they were like, look, if Sundance doesn't take it, we want it. And, uh, and they said, we're the anarchist film festival. <laughs> I was like, okay, I just got to be being that, you know, anarchial. But, <laughs> you know, sure. So I did end up going there, but then I'd run in over the year, you know, year or two after, I'd run into people that worked with Sundance, and they'd go, did you send this to Sundance? This would be fabulous. I said, yes, I did. They rejected it. And they were like, what? You know, and when I went to Slamdance, Sundance was happening simultaneously, and I kept getting asked again and again why my film wasn't in there. And I was like, you know, your guess is as good as mine, you know. And... um I realized over the years, I mean, I've heard some awful stuff that people have said that were basically, we wouldn't make the, the you know, I had feature films I was trying to have made, get money for, and they were like, we would, we think this is brilliant, we've been tracking her for years, but we wouldn't make a film about a woman over 40 if it starred Meryl Streep, I'm sorry, it's just the, you know, our company. And I th- hope, and I think that that's going to be what's changing, because we all have stories and they can't fit anymore into this like box of what, you know, a life is supposed to be. So I'm hoping yeah. that that's all shifting. Well, and, I, what, and I can't wait to see more of what you're going to be yeah. making now and in the future. Well, that's what my play is about. I've been writing this play for like 10 years um, and it's called Dames Like Us. And um, it's, oh, you know, I, I, I just... I, when I write that, I have a friend of mine who's a really wonderful writer, Hillary Rollins, and she 
she always would say to me, Fran, you're so imaginative. Where do you get these ideas? And I go, I don't get them. They're real. <laughs> like I just, the, I witnessed them, you know, like uh, I pretty much usually pull from life. You know, I of course use my imagination and all sorts of stuff, but really my ideas come from life. I just like witness stuff and I want to put it out there. And that's how Dames Like Us came about is that I was getting really tired of women. I'm, I'm 60, seven see that's when you know you're getting old is you can't remember actually how old you are you know i was like was it 66 no it's 67 and um i've been doing this a long time and you know i noticed that the parts that mostly are for women in my age bracket and older um in their 50s too you know are are like very very limited they're grannies they're you know they're the you know or the you know the judge you know, there's like plenty of work for female judges for some reason. That's hysterical. And then black female judges are even even better. Like they like just stick them in there. Um, and I think that's because they know innately that we do know the truth. <laughs> we know what's really true. Um, but I, I just felt that, oh, my God, it's so freaking boring what you get to play at this age. So I, I started to write these monologues, in the, and I use the st same structure as uh, uh, the vagina monologues, you know, where um, they're just, you know, pure monologues, and uh, they all take place. I have, like, an actual, it takes place in a salon, but they don't really interact really with each other so that it could be done easily you know, in, a, in many different situations, the play. Um, you could have people just come in, you know, and memorize their monologues and they're in the show. Um, and they're based on real women that I have known in my life or read about or I saw being interviewed and just was kind of fascinated by their story and the fact that they're so different, you know, that that's the thing is that they've, they've, they've limited what older women can be you know, into like a little tiny, uh, you know, category. And so I started creating these characters, but I really wanted to be just flat out funny, you know, like not really like, I didn't want each character to have to teach us something. Okay. You know, what they're teaching us basically is that they're, they're you know, you've really underestimated us. Wow. That's all they're teaching. So... The first time, I, and I performed it as a solo show, but I also have um, had like uh, stage readings and of it with some other actresses. And the first time I heard them doing the monologues, I got so choked up because I realized that they do the the accumulative effect of that is teaching something. But the, but it's not like a show where you know, oh, this is about you know getting along with your neighbors and this is about blah 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 none of that it's really just like wow who was she you know getting to know the story of a person yeah, and, and, and just revealing getting enraptured in a it's sense really about peeling away the layers and revealing somebody that you didn't know was there and i i think i usually like to start with the preconceived notion like what you assume the person is like yeah. at the beginning and then as the monologue continues we start to find out all these things that you know are different and um, it's been a real pleasure writing it. And I still write new ones. I just did a new one for it um, just a couple weeks ago. I, uh, I wrote a new, and, and that's part of how, I don't know yet if the structure, how the structure would work, but in terms of getting it published, because I like the idea that the, I have more monologues than play, you know, so you can, you can switch and switch them around. That's cool. And I like that because it encourages people to come back you know, and bring their friends, and it might be a little different this time because there's three different monologues that you didn't see before, you know. Yeah. And it's like always introducing new people, so. And I'm excited. I get to be on a show with you March 15th. Yes. Here in Rawway. It's at Malau, um, which is like a new incredible cafe um, downtown Raw Rawway. So any of you who want to come from the city, it's right across from the train station. Yeah, but you don't even have I'm to very excited. transportation. And it's a cafe and they have rolled ice cream it, it they have rolled ice cream they have incredible sandwiches it's just a really great environment um and you're going to be sophia there i believe i'm going to be sophia so describe sophia and how sophia came about sophia came about she was originally 
um, inspired by my leg waxer. Okay. Um, who, who was very funny. I just dropped. Oh, good. My remote. Yeah. It's just my remote. It's fine. Did it <laughs> knock anything out? No, no, no. We're good. We're good. Okay. Sorry. Um, it was inspired by Sophia, who's my leg waxer. And it all started when I had gone to her a couple of times. She was Argentinian, but when I do Sophia, I do her like as if she, I, I just mix a whole bunch of accents together because I don't want to get accused of culture appropriation. <laughs> so, um, she, uh, I had been going to her for a while, and then I had this one uh, leg waxing se- session with her that was late. I was later in the day, and I was waiting in the room for her, and she came in and she went, Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Hey, what? I forgot about you. What do you want? What do you want? Uh, half leg, full leg, bikini. Please don't say Brazilian because it's been a long day. And if I see one more pussy. Are you serious? I swear to God, that's what she said to me. And I laughed so hard. <laughs> and she looked at me and she saw I got her. And then from that point on, she was just so out there with her stuff she was so honest and she you know i like women like that you know they just say it and so um i started i i wrote down some of the stuff she said about dating and, and she was probably around my age now then and she was dating and um, she would tell these stories as she was like waxing you, you know. Can about- I hear some of them if you don't mind? Or you can make it up now, but I would just want to. Well, and yeah. I'd love to meet your, some of your other characters yeah. on this too. Well, she, uh, well, uh, you know, hers was like, you know, um, she said, you you know, in the beginning I started out telling the truth, you know, she said, and she, she said, then they all lie, they lie like carpets, every <laughs> single one of them, she says. <laughs> She says, I have to say I'm 50 to meet a man 70 <laughs> because they all want young women. So she, um, <laughs> how dirty can I get? You can that? go as dirty as you want. Oh, okay. Because, um, you know, she, she would tell these stories and, and they were kind of risque and all that. And so I was going to perform it for the first time, uh, you know, a little monologue writ- that I wrote about her. And I thought, I don't know if she's going to be insulted. She had come seen my previous one-woman show. She came all the way to Cape May to see it. So, so I knew she was a fan, but so I, I hadn't seen her in a long time. And I went to visit her the night before I was going to perform it, basically to see, am I imagining this? Am I making her a little more you know, salty than she is? And so I get there, and she didn't want to hear anything I had to say. She didn't give a shit. She was like, come on in. Oh, you got to listen. I'm on doing J-date now. <laughs> she was like Jewish and Argentinian. And she said, she said, then the guys all the time, all they talk about is chemistry, chemistry, got to have chemistry. And I said, you know what? You will know if we have chemistry because I will put my tit in your mouth, okay? That's how you know. If my tit is not in your mouth, no chemistry. <laughs> and that was it. I was like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I can do whatever I want. But that's how it began with her stories. But I haven't seen her in years. And um, I invited her to the show a couple of times. She goes, I'm too busy. She said, send me, send me business. Because <laughs> she's a leg waxer. So, um, but since then, you know, I mean, people think she's from like Eastern Europe. They think she's from all over the place and I'm like yeah that she's from nowhere you know because I you know it's now it's my opinion it's long ago stopped being really hers and it's become my alter ego you know like one of those little puppets that people have with those you know ventriloquist dummies yeah, yeah she's my alter ego I'm excited to meet her March 15th <laughs> yeah. you know because you'll be doing you know you'll be go- right in there in the full thing yeah um, what other characters do you do that are your like favorites? My favorites. Who? I gotta think of them. Well, I do this one, uh, Janie, and like, man, she's like, um, you know, an old hippie, you know, and she's she she did a lot of drugs back in the day, you know, but she doesn't do them anymore because hey, you know, you can't, you know. Like when she had, when she found out she was with child, you know, <laughs> she realized I, I, I gotta quit all that shit, you know, and uh, so she, she had this baby, and when the baby was born, she was like, holy shit, look at this, he's got a little, she got little Janie feet, 
It, like nature's a trip, man, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I love it. I love that character too. That's great. Um, I I would love to do more character work in general. It's really intimate to enter a character because you really transform in a sense. And when you first do it and you show it to the world, mm-hmm. it's wild. It's a whole other experience. I have one that I did. My friend Robin Shaw, you would love her. She's based in the city. She's a stand-up, but she does a lot of character work. I mm-hmm. I brought I do a girl Henrietta. And I brought her out when I podcasted with Robin. Um, and there's a there's a kind of freedom. Henrietta, by the way, is like a very nervous, nerdy. Do you know what I mean? She, like, I'll do her for a second. We're like, oh, my God. I don't have a lot of friends. So I can't believe I'm here. You know, this is I'm having a little bit of a panic attack. But this is great. This is great. So that's like, you know, but but getting to enter that there's there's so much fun in characters. And I feel like when we're young kids, we have the freedom, you know, whether you're playing with your Barbies yeah. or, you know, we feel more free to have fun with characters. And then a lot of people close up from playing in general. And what I love about you is like you are defying what it means to be an adult and a woman and just being like, I'm going to have fun. I'm gonna, I'm an artist. You're not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to tell me what roles I'm supposed to play. And I think, you know, I think character work is just so great for anyone even if it's just like playing with your kids it's so freeing to get to enter whatever character you want even if it's a darker character yeah I mean I have one character that I did that initially it wasn't working it was based on a cousin of mine and it was sometimes it's just something they told me like a phrase that they told me and now I have to create a whole character around it and it's not always now going to be them because I'll I'll pull in things from other women that I've seen. So in her case, she <laughs> she had, she was this was many many years ago, but she was um, engaged to this guy who was a hunter, right? And he <laughs> she says to me, "So, uh he took me on a safari with him. I had to go, you know, to the safari in the in the fucking jungle, you know, and she's <laughs> like I was like, uh, you know, I said, you mean you actually went out and, you know, we're like, she goes, no, I stayed back in the hut and read <laughs> magazines because I wasn't into all that, but it was getting really boring. So I, I like hitched a ride with one of the natives, you know, to the, to the main city where I could at least buy, you know, crap. <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, what did you get? You know, like she's, oh, you know, arty shit you know and she said i didn't i i threw it out at the airport i wasn't gonna bring that crap home with me (laughs) (laughs) i just thought that was so fucking funny and just imagining her on a safari just reading magazines you know so that was like the beginning of it but then i had to like like who is this woman you know what is her life and you know, he's a wealthy guy. She married him. She's a, he's a wealthy guy. She raised his f- family for him. And, you know, and she's very, you know, used to having the finer things and stuff. And so I kind of established the character that way in the beginning. And yeah. you kind of make a decision about her, you know, like that, you know, because she's like, does anybody know where I could get some pots? <laughs> you know, and like, you know, not uh, William Sonoma, not not William Sonoma. Uh, I want good pots. <laughs> you know, that's like, so like, funny. William Sonoma to me, uh, they are the good pots. I know. Yeah, I know. That's my mine too. And so, um, the way I set up, by the way, the way that the play is set up is the people. You know, when you're in a salon, and this used to happen in this place where I get my legs waxed, is uh, there are all these little cubicles, and not always do they go up to the ceiling. You know, so you can actually hear everything. So people would talk to each other and, and never see each other ever, never have met each other, but intimate conversations, you know, it was like, you know, I'm having, I'm having a little trouble with my, my best friend, blah, blah, blah. And somebody yells out, well, that's because you give, you give too much. <laughs> you know, it's like, not really. Cause she gives too, you know, and you're having this conversation, disembodied voices. So that's how I do the monologues where they're basically talking to all the people in the salon. Oh, that's so cool. But it's within their own monologue. No one ever really talks back. They imagine they do. They okay. answer qu- imaginary questions and stuff like that. So, that's wild. That's fun. 
So I created this character and then I started to just pull in things from other people, women that I knew that ha I've never been married, but who have been married and had kids and all this. And I started thinking about it, you know, because people look at women like that um, who have grown up in privilege and, and, you know, are used to spending a lot of money on stuff. Um, but, you know, and they think, wow, she got really lucky. She stepped in it. You know, she's got this guy. And so I have her address it. She goes, you know, um, you know, yeah, I know, you know, it's some blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I he's lucky he found me. He'd be living in a room, you know, with, I gave him family. I gave him a beautiful home, beautiful children. I gave him this. I gave him that, you know. And and I and I really think that by the end of it, you start to see that you know that women, what women do in a you know in in their worlds, in their lives with people, um, are very really undervalued, you know. And so, I think by the end of it, you you like her. I mean, you know, she's definitely one of the characters that's a little more, you know. I have like one character that's probably. Uh, the word um not not uh what autist not autistic but like autistic light okay <laughs> what is that there's a word for it i don't know there's this it's called uh, with an a i think or anyway she just uh, she just has um a problem with people okay you know she just the social you know, skills social skills or you know uh, you know, but she's fine online. Okay. You know? <laughs> and, you know, she she is very uh, sexual. Okay. Can you <laughs> give an example of her? Give us a little bit of her? That's her. That's, <laughs> That's her? That's kind of her. Okay. You know, and she just, uh, you know, she said, I know like hundreds, you know, hundreds of guys all around the world, basically from the waist down. <laughs> Oh. And she's like, hey, you know, it's the best sex I ever had. You know, it, it's uh, safe. It's, uh, you know, it's this and that, you know. And she's just very, um, uh, you know, she, 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 she does the argument for uh, online sex uh, because she feels she's helped a lot of guys, you know, who otherwise would have gone out and gotten like some strange you know, woman and gotten a disease, you know, because they're mostly married. You know, <laughs> these guys are mostly married. She says, um, I just, she, she says, I, uh, something about, I, I haven't done her in a while, but it's something like, um, you know, I just, I, I was just over it, uh, waking up in the morning, uh, you know, having a look at some guy and, you know, uh, you know, praising his dick all night long and, you know, having to, wash my fake fake brush my teeth with my finger in their bathroom you know? she was like it's just so much cleaner and nicer this way you know yeah that's amazing i kind of want to do a character of like a grown adult dog man a male dog that's like a <laughs> smoker i just want to like you know what i mean i want to plus i was watching the old alice in wonderland from years and years ago. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I forget the actress. But you know, like even like Zoobly Zoo, where human actors dress up as the animals. Okay. I just think when you enter like an animal's character, it, there's a whole other kind of weirdness That's and freedom. That's freaky to me. Really? Oh, You're I want to do. You're out right now. Oh, because I was watching. So in the older Alice in Wonderland, she goes to the Mad Hatter tea party. Yeah. So you've got, you know, the hair that's talking. It's all the, you know, you got the caterpillar, the Cheshire cat. To me, when you enter that kind of a real fantasy world, those kinds of characters and accents almost go to another dimension. Like I would love to do like, well, not Lily because the laser, I would love to do like a, 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 well, a, a male do dog. Lily. Well, you know what I mean? I, I want to do like a, yeah, I took a shit outside. Yeah, I shit <laughs> in his lawn. You know what I mean? Like I would love to get real weird, you know. I wonder what Lily's voice would be, though. Well, you probably would know better than me. She's more, I don't know. Uh, she's, she's like, definitely, you know, because she doesn't, my dog is a, is a, I guess, she's can technically a Pomeranian, but she's not. She's actually what, what they call a Klein Spitz. Okay. Which is, uh, it's a, a little Spitz. 
You know, it's <laughs> the Spitzes are the sled dogs, you know? Yeah. And so she's a kleine Spitz. Uh, maybe she has a German accent. That would I be amazing. About <laughs> she's a klein Schmitz. I can see her says, having a German accent. When I yeah. walked in, she had to really check me out. Yeah, you know? she's like, well, you know, you can come in, but don't touch. No touching. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how she is. I like you. You look like a nice person, but no touching. That's a little you Russian. touch, I bite. Yeah, <laughs> I went a little Russian there, but I mix those up a little. I kind of like when accents get a little bit mixed together. You know, you get the flavor still. Um, I know. It's Sophia. I don't know, you know, how she turned, uh, you know, she started, you know, with the this Argentinian accent. But now people think, you know, she goes like that sometimes, you know, which is a little more, I guess, Eastern European. No, Sometimes I like. I think just an accent in itself. Like there's some characters that I've written that I don't care what the accent is they do. Like you know, when I did the stage reading, I had a double cast because I wasn't sure who could show up. So I had like like a black woman and a white woman both playing the same role, and I don't write their ethnicity into the character, but I encourage actors to add an ethnicity. Okay, you know, to it. So like. Connie, you know, uh, which was the one that, um, you know, with the pots. Okay. Uh, one woman did her, like from Long Island, you know, like with, you know, well, now I want good pots, you know, or however Long Island is. And then the other woman who was black did her as bougie. Okay. You know, and it was really cool. And then I had another character who is um, going through like some, she, she's... She's had like a realization um, with this relationship. She kicked the guy out and now she's like changing her life. And one woman did her Russian and the other woman did her Jamaican. Well, I love that kind of freedom. Yeah. And I have, when you were doing the Long Island one, I have this natural, it's like a mixture of like almost Jewish Italian. Like I get real, like as if I'm the wife of like a mobster, it just comes out sometimes. (laughs) And I was driving with my son in the city a couple months ago and I didn't realize it was out, you know, but like when you hit New York city traffic, as you know, it's like things just come out and um, we were just like stopped for a second and then it started moving again. And when I saw why we had been stopped, it was some real stupid construction, you know, that didn't have to be going on that way. And I said something, I didn't notice it until my son repeated it back, but I was like, I knew I smelled something stupid going on around here. (laughs) And he just was, he was like, he just repeated back. He's like, I knew I smelled something stupid going on around. I was like, oh my gosh, I do. I do that. And that's been coming out more and more that whatever that is. Are you from Jersey originally? uh, Philly suburbs, but it has like a similar vibe, (laughs) but I don't know know where my, where I'm like. One of the women that did, um, you know, uh, that character that, that's, uh, the sexual the, the online she did her from philly okay she did a philly accent i can't even do the philly accent but it's i'm really- from philly and i don't know i guess i just have it maybe my my voice can go because like i said i all of a sudden i'll be i'll have an accent out of nowhere and some people will be like where the hell did that come from i just like to go where you know things come out so if I'm like especially if I'm really feisty or angry and I'm ranting and then and then if I know it's getting a little funny then as a comedian I enter it even more and my son he's the one that sees the most of those things because I feel not as judged so he'll be the one that really witnesses me going off being and the hand movements start going and I'll be like what (laughs) did I say and but he he's almost 13 he has gotten so good at mimicking me <laughs> and taking it to another level and almost like in a fun way playing me like he knows how to shut me down so fast but I love it I'm like do you, do you find that you find yourself kind of imitating the way somebody talks to them like when you're talking to them it depends if it's like a real character like the person is just like that and they're getting fired up and feisty and their own things coming out then I do sometimes match that frequency mm-hmm. even unconsciously yeah. so if someone's real feisty and they're like da, 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 then I'll be like ah, da, 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 you know so yeah but but it's mostly when someone has that extra like I'm sure like when you with Sophia it's like when someone's in their thing you almost want to have get right in there and have fun with them yeah I mean I think if you're the type that those acts you know that has that part of you but I mean I've gotten in trouble 
Oh, really? Well, I always do a British accent. That that always. Let me hear your British accent. Well, they're all different. Okay. There's many, you know. You Let me hear one a, of them. You can do the. You can do a low country. You know, like when they're from, you know, the projects. You know what they they call something else. You know, but they they talk like that very low. And then you know there's you know and then I think there's like the Mayflower. You know, uh, that's the one where they talk when when everything goes up at the end of the sentence. They, they they always talk with a question, don't you know? You know, so but I just throw I, it comes out all the time. And I have a friend who now who's British, and he thinks I'm making fun of him. And I'm like, I'm not. I just I would have done this had you not been here. But the I fact love, that you're here, I can't yeah. help but talk like this. You know, when you're here, British accents—they're so catchy in a good way. I know. And my cousins just moved from England here, and um, my they're not technically it's my cousins but then her kids which are my like they're still like cousins to me or almost like nieces and nephews but they they were raised there so they still have them and definitely when I'm talking with them I want to be like that's bloody you know they don't even talk like that they'll be like what are you doing I'm like that's bloody hell you know they're like hey but it's funny when I'm with them my my male cousin who's my cousin Sarah's brother he's a minister and whenever I'm around him for whatever reason I get real southern baptist like it's just funny because I love that my cousin's a minister and here I am like this out there comedian because it, to me it's just funny because I'm like they're so they're not against a lot of my beliefs but I know I'm sure they're like what the hell's Kate up to now <laughs> so when I'm there I love being like let me tell you about Jesus. And they're like, Kate, no, no. And I'm like, like, I'll just start going. And it'll just happen where I was asking him about like exorcisms. And he, he told me he had heard that like lemon can actually help with like, the, I know. But we were both laughing about it. And I was like, I was like, good Lord, someone get me the lemons. You know what I mean? Like, so sometimes, especially when I'm with people that I'm really comfortable with. Yeah. Oh, and it comes out. And if someone's, they'll start laughing at me. I mean, these are my family that's known my craziness forever. So when they start laughing, you're done. Yeah. Like, I can't stop. If yeah. you're going to be laughing and I'm in an accent, like you're going to have to, you're like, shut it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you like me? You like me? So, um. I got in trouble once where a friend of mine's boyfriend, like, she said, well, you know, he really doesn't, he doesn't like you that much. And I was like, what? And she, she said, well, he says you're all, you always make fun of him. And I was like, what? I never make fun of him. She said, you you imitate the way he talked. <laughs> and I was like, what does he talk? How does he talk? And it, and he was like, this was a while, a long time ago. But he was like a beatnik. <laughs> you know, like, like, not so much like the character that I did was like the old hippie. He was like, you know, hey, man, you know, let's see, hey, you know. And, uh, you know, and and I guess I would just talk like that back, you know, because it was cool. I mean, it was like an interesting accent. I mean, you can't, I didn't even know I was doing it. I just like mirrored him, I guess. And I was like, well, it's not with judgment, you know. I love, I, I, I mirror often unconsciously. Sometimes I even do it just in my gestures. Like if uh -huh. I'm talking to someone and I'm locked in. I can sometimes be like, oh my gosh, we're in the same pose and I did not do that on purpose. It's just energy affects energy. Right. And for artists like us who also enjoy characters yeah. and accents, I think it's not out of making fun of people. It's just getting in that groove yeah. with the person. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I have, see, I can go very Valley Girl. I can go, you know, I can be like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Like I can do it <laughs> times a million if I want. And if I was doing that and someone started back being like, yeah, are you fucking serious? I would die laughing. Like I try, I think we all just need more humor and more fun um, in our lives. So as long as it, as long as it feels like they're, if, if someone started going really mean, making fun of me, well then obviously I can feel that shift, but I don't know. I feel like everyone should be playing around with accents, but we're in such a, you kind of mentioned this earlier. It's, it's definitely also tense with cultural appropriation going on. I yeah, mean, it's been I going on for a while. I don't understand what but. that's about because that takes away everything from the writer. I mean, that means you can't write about anything that's not been your life. You know, it forces everybody to be like memor memoirists. Memoirists? I know what you're saying. I, I feel like there's, everything's a quality, so you have to feel into it. But I feel like there sh you should be allowed to celebrate 
cultures and differences. Yeah, and to view and to interpret and to view them. Now, obviously, if you're making fun of a race, but I feel like you can feel when it's done um, out of hate. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's a difference between racism and highlighting a group of people that you hate and celebrating a culture. Like you're allowed to, I think, you're allowed to take an accent or a culture or just something that's not your own story and celebrate it and love it. And I'm very, I love uh, Native American culture, mm-hmm. you know, and I foresee in my future, I want to have like a big bonfire dance with primal paint and us being like, ay, 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 you know, like, <laughs> like just like, you know, I have a good getting primal. About that. Oh, I want to hear. But like, do you know what I mean? Like the, to me, that wouldn't be about making fun of a culture or ripping it off. It's Native Americans were so in tune to the earth and the animals yeah. and they were, they knew that we were a part of the whole system. And I feel like that longing still aches in our souls. So I'm all about celebrating cultures. Um, but there's still a lot of sensitivity where it's like, oh, you want to celebrate us? Well, we still feel disenfranchised. I mean, that's obviously valid, but hopefully everything's shifting where we can celebrate uh, different people and cultures and no one's being held down. I mean, we have a ways to go, but like, it's time we shift. Everyone's allowed to be who they are and free. And I'm preaching to the choir right now, but it's just, uh, it's it's a sad state that so many people of different colors and races are still feeling like some kids are still going to school and being made fun of because of their color, their culture. And it's like, guys, and this is gonna be a Valley Girl way of saying it, like, grow the fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not cool to be mean. Like we're, we're changing. It's so not cool. It's it's like, so <laughs> not cool. That's like, so <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, that was like, so. so 50 years ago. That's like, so <laughs> 10 years ago, like get with it. Now it's cool to be nice. Do you know what's weird? I went to school with a with a gal that had a Valley Girl accent in in Westfield, you know, New Jersey. Yep. But that she had that back in the sixties. You know, she talked like that, but it was yeah. slower. She didn't talk like really fast like that. She talked like really slow like that. Yeah. All the time. Slow Valley Girl is like <laughs> even funnier, kind of. It's kind like, of. oh my God, Fran. I know. You would not believe <laughs> what happened to me last week. <laughs> it was incredible. Oh, now you're doing a little, little yeah. fry, too. You got that fry. <laughs> well, I would love to play. I love SNL. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. Do you watch it still? Oh, yeah. I like it better now than I have in other decades. Did you see the recent, there was one about a cockroach? <laughs> no. Okay. It's, it's, a, I forget what it was called. I'll have to show it. It was so weird, funny and artsy. I believe it was with Don Cheadle. And oh, I didn't see that. That was just this last week. It was, I just clicked on it. It like came up on my YouTube feed and I have to say, like, you know, I love when things get weird and it's a, it's a man playing a cockroach. Yeah, so you got a thing about this. I'm noticing. I'm not like a furry or something. Although, you know what? I'll fuck in a costume. What do you want from me? But like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just, I, it's that artsy thing. And I think animals and their characters, like we're, we're animals. So I think when you, get in in that weird way and it and it's artistic it's just like it's a certain kind of human who can put on an animal suit or costume and own it like I'm like okay you're a weird artist like it just <laughs> it gets some uh and I used to be an art teacher for eight years so uh-huh. I really love when people push it and go outside the box like it takes a lot to freak me out the only thing that freaks me out is something like really dark and gory do you know what I mean like I can't watch um what did you think of um when Kathy Griffin did the 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 head, that's a great. Thanks for bringing that up. Actually, I don't think I've ever talked about that. I don't think, um, which is surprising. Um, that was too far for me. Me too. Yeah, I don't like Trump. Obviously, me too. But that I couldn't. I, I and I still don't like that she's completely defending it. I like Kathy. I wish she could at least admit, like, yeah, I'm sorry that I get why that pushed people's buttons. She's still just like. I didn't like it. I know it's like weird. She's gone like full circle with this. You know, she went. She 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 was in a lot of grief because she got attacked so quickly, and then she you know apologized, and then now she's come back with a vengeance and like ah fuck them all and blah blah blah. 
But I remember seeing it and went, oh, I said, you know, that's so, um, you know, I just thought of Daniel Pearl's parents and, you know, all the people who have had, uh, you know, their their loved ones beheaded. You know, it, it, it was like that. It's so barbaric. It's so disgusting. And like to make fun of it was just, it had nothing to do with Trump. I didn't give a shit that it was Trump's head. But I said, oh, you're, she's going to get in big trouble because, you know, that, that's not you know, yeah. the president's head. <laughs> you know, it's like not a good idea. That kind of gore. And it was too, go and it was like, even though it was done simply, what was it, a mask that, that they just dipped in ketchup or something? I think so. But it just was so disgusting. It was, it had... Uh, you know that's what I mean and and look I'm not saying she shouldn't have done it meaning like everyone has the right as an artist kind of I mean she got in big time trouble yeah. but like you can express um American Horror Story I think is a good example it's artistic I I can't really watch those it watch pushes it, it. I'll I have nightmares the first episode about a third in cool sorry I'm just looking at normally I can see the time I have no idea oh yeah we're good we're good Wow, you know, it's funny fast. because I used to be able to watch, and I never liked horror movies so much. Although the horror movies when I was growing up were like, you know, the crawling eye. You know, like they were like not horrible. Um, when but, did The Shining come out? I don't know, but that one wasn't even that. I watched that a couple of times. Here's I appreciate the movie that one. That was, I think, the game changer it happened when I was in college. So it had to be like in. 70 71 was night of the living dead okay and that was because that's the first time that broke a lot of taboos okay you know you have to understand before that it was like vincent price being scary you know and it was like a gay guy being scary like <laughs> vincent price always seemed to me to be like very gay and it was like very you know kind of like not even spooky you know but suddenly, and I remember I went with a bunch of girls from college and in my Pinto. <laughs> and it was at the drive-in. And so we went to watch it. And it was so disgusting because they, sh first of all, we never saw people eating people. We never had that on screen. And then they bring in a little girl eating her mother. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, it was like things that this were... This is Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, the original, I, I don't know if I've ever even seen it. The original it. Night of the Living Dead Okay, had people eating people on camera, eating an arm. It's a know, zombie movie? Like yeah, it's Night of the Living Dead. You never, you <laughs> Maybe, never heard. No, I've we heard of it. Nine million movies, I've TV never, shows now about it. I might have seen it years and years and years ago. I mean, now I have seen The Walking Dead. Yeah, I've seen. Well, that it's the forerunner of World all War that. Z. All those. It's things. the first time it was okay. ever shown on screen. Oh, interesting. They would never even show somebody. They might have maybe in a movie off camera, you'd hear somebody chomping, you know, somebody going, oh, no, she's eating an arm. You know, like. But they, they would, showed it they for would, the first they time. They showed it. And it was like, what? And we were so scared when the movie was over that none of us would put the speaker back. You okay. know, like it's, you have it like hung in your in the car. And we were like, we got to get out of it. We were the last car in the parking lot. We couldn't leave. We were so scared. It was like four of us. And we and we finally pushed it out and then, you know, rolled the car window up as fast as we could and went home to the dorm. Then we get out from out of the dorm and we're walking to the um, to our our actual dorm building and everyone that was around us was walking too and they looked very zombie like you know because they were walking slowly and we we got ourselves so scared that by the time we got to the actual door of the dorm we were cr crawling over each other that's when you really see you know who your friends are because <laughs> it was just like get the fuck out of my way you know we got we thought we were being attacked so the next time we got they were made fun of by uh, the guys that we knew, so they went to see it, and we we also went. And when it got to the the scary part, we uh, surrounded their car. That's hysterical. And slowly started walking towards them like zombies, and they had like the van, you know, backwards, like <laughs> where they were sitting in the van, and they all started screaming, and it was really fun.
That's awesome. I just love hearing almost like the start of that because it is it's very gory to watch those things and we've become was, in a sense desensitized a yeah it was literally we never saw that on screen ever it's intense yeah it's a lot of blood it's intense to watch people eat each other and then when was alfred hitchcock stuff like at what point well, was, was all that that was about but it wasn't the same kind of thing wasn't gory his stuff was psychological was thriller yes yeah, suspenseful and psychological thriller and like a little creepy okay but, um he didn't really show the gore so much. Got and, it. You know, this Stephen was King realistic. Stuff. This was realistic. It was more the filmmaking aspect of it than the story itself. Okay. You know? Yeah. Although, you know, it's funny. They're bringing back The Haunting of Hill House. Like, that's a that's a, a series now. And that was a movie I remember seeing a long time ago that scared the fuck out of me. And <laughs> they didn't show anything. You know, but it really was scary. Did you ever see The Ring? Yeah, the girl coming up out of Yeah, there. and they don't show The Ring and then Blair Witch Project. It, it, there's the... Oh, that both of those there's messed me up. There's these pranks that I watch on, on YouTube where there's this girl that they put that yes. wig on and she In the elevator up. and yes! stuff? Yes! I that. would die if someone did that to me because I'm very Shane yeah, will scare me Shane will hide somewhere and I'll go and he'll go, and I always I, I I react big it's just who I am yeah, but if some if I was in an elevator and the ring girl showed up you better pray for that actress because you're gonna <laughs> no. trigger this post-traumatic stress like you don't do that to someone who's been through shit because I might headbutt her and like kill her do you know what I mean I would be because when you put someone in that kind of like survival mode like i like i like the big spider oh that they put it on the dog i yeah no that would <laughs> well i'll tell you what one time and then we have to wrap up one time i was leaving new york city it was around halloween time and i didn't realize i was by one of those haunted houses and outside they had a zombie guy yeah walking the sidewalk but i didn't know so i'm like in the traffic trying to get out through the holland and i look <laughs> and i see this zombie <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my God, it's happening. The, yeah, the apocalypse is that. here. Like, I was like, I believe that and shit. I didn't pan. I just kind of, like, locked all my things. And I was just you like, did? oh, my God. Because he wasn't, like, running. He And, I, and then I looked Somebody and I was like, oh, it's a run. haunted house. I was like, <laughs> but for a second, I was like, holy shit. Like, the virus has landed. Oh, I my God. It. I was in a haunted house once down the shore, uh, you know, on the boardwalk. And, um. I, I remember, you know, that it was one where you walk through. It wasn't like, you know, you're in a cart or something. And I suddenly, this thing was in front of me with, like, you know, with the hair all over it. I'm screaming, screaming. And it turned out it was <laughs> it was a woman <laughs> with beach hair. <laughs> like a beach hair. <laughs> she just was on the, she was in front of me. That's all. And I, well, I turned the corner and saw this hair. And I just started screaming. And then she started screaming. And we were both screaming at her hair. That's amazing. I mean, it was like blonde hair. That was like, oh, my my cousins told a quick story about they were looking around there. It was in Connecticut at different houses in the area. So without making an appointment, there was one house for sale and they they pulled up into the long driveway to get into the house. And the two kids were playing outside in the yard. And when they saw strangers pulling up, they were like, like the kids were like screaming and my cousins were like oh my god oh my god we gotta revert and like the parents came out like what's going on and it looked like a kidnapping but it wasn't but like when people react when like it's 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 It's, one of the most frightening but funniest things when like you're screaming and everything's okay yeah yeah (sighs) um well thank you so much for podcasting with me sure it was fun and for anyone who wants to see and catch both of us on the show together march 15th eight o'clock in rawway malau um, like I said, it's right across from the train Malau. station. Malau. Am I saying that wrong? It sounds like you're being a cat. You should like go Malau. to Malau, guys. Malau. Okay. Yeah. Malau. <laughs> Malau. Um, yeah, Sophia will be there. I'll be doing my, um, my runway material. <laughs> I have a series of runway uh, bits that is very funny. Also, bring your pussies. She'll be <gasps> waxing. No, I won't do that. It's my day off place. I don't want to see extra pussies, you know. I see enough as is. All right, so keep them away, guys. Put them away for the show. Um, so, yeah, where can people find you, though? 
Like on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, on Instagram. I think it's Francesca Rizzo NYC. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm on Facebook mostly, so you can look me up as Francesca Joy Rizzo on Facebook, and also I have a a a, gr- a, a page called Great Dames Media, which is little by little going to become you know a um, a brand for women. Hell yeah! And um. I've been doing a thing, a really cool thing. I don't know if you noticed the, my Transformation Tuesdays. Yes. Is every, I have a lot of wigs. And every <laughs> Tuesday, I put on a different wig and create uh, a kind of a character. But then I throw it out to, to uh, my friends to describe who she is. I come up with a persona for her. And it's been really great. I mean, people write really amazing things. And it's been fun for me because I do love transformation. And I'm really all about that. So... Um, so yeah, so check it all out. Awesome. And for me, like I said, March 15th in Rawway, um, April 7th comedy seance in the city, New York comedy club, fourth street location with, uh, Jess Grippo and Allison Charles. You can get tickets on New York comedy club's website, promo seance and get a healing from me or a tarot card reading K Wolf two F's. 27 at gmail.com. I believe the next Miss Wolf's art class, which I do out of my home in Island, New Jersey, is going to be March 23rd. Um, I will be creating an event bright. Probably by the time this is out, there will be something up. But um, yeah. And thank you all so much for listening. Fran, thanks again for coming You're on. You're welcome. I had so much fun. Thanks Yay. for coming to my house. Of course. Bye. Bye. Bye.